0: Welcome to Nathan for Us, and Nathan for You podcast. My name is Kelly. And hi, I'm Megan. Today we have a very special episode. We're going to do a little bit of a Q&A. We've gathered some questions from people on Twitter and, you know, a couple from our partners that we'll be answering so you guys can get to know us a little bit better. And I think that's pretty much it. Do you have anything to add, Meg? Yeah uh or i mean no
1: (laughs) yeah no yeah no you know um yeah no means no and no yeah means yeah so i meant no uh it sounds like you explained it pretty well
0: yeah it's pretty simple we thought we could take a little break between season one and two so this will be a fun way to do some some q a together And if
1: you're sitting there saying, I don't want to know more about you. Okay, fine, fine. We'll see you next week. But I mean, aren't you a little curious who we are?
0: Listen, some of these questions are pretty fun. You might even learn something.
1: Yeah, a lot of them have to do with Nathan for you. Some of them have to do with us. So if you still only love Nathan for you and are like these girls I'm indifferent about, We're still talking about Nathan for you.
0: Yeah, we'll bring it all back. We'll make some connections. Don't worry. (laughs) So how do you want to get started? Why don't we start with with a softball, which is how do we know each other? Do you want me to explain? Yeah, you can go right ahead. So
1: Kelly and I met uh, at Canada's Wonderland, which is a theme park in Ontario, and we both worked there as lifeguards. And after we spent like a summer together, mainly partying and hanging out, we we were pretty close. But I think what really made us best friends was the fact that we went to school really close to each other. So the two universities that we went to are essentially down the street from one another. And so while at university, Kelly was at a sorority and she invited me out to some parties. And she introduced me to a guy who I started seeing who was in a frat that she would hang out with a lot. So at that point, our friend groups just kind of became one big group and we hung out essentially every day. Um, And then we lived together in university for a little while as well. And yeah, we've just been the bestest of buds ever since.
0: Yeah, I feel like for anyone who has worked as a lifeguard especially, it's a very like weird camaraderie that you feel, especially when you're like in high school. I feel like, you know, you have this summer job where you're working kind of crazy hours. So you just automatically become friends with all of your coworkers. And I believe that was um in would have been like grade eleven that we met, right? Um, I think, I started working at
1: Wonderland in grade 11, but I don't think I met you the first year I was there. I think I met you the second or third year that I was working there.
0: Oh, yeah, probably. But yeah, so we pretty much soon after that went to school, and I would definitely agree. Like, I feel like when we were at school is really when we got to know each other super well and became really close friends. When we lived together, that was just a whole other (laughs) situation. (laughs)
1: Yeah. And the thing about Canada's Wonderland is so you're working at this theme park that people are driving into from all different towns um, in the GTA, which is the greater Toronto area. So I was living in Markham. So I'm driving like half an hour, 40 minutes into work every day. Um, One of the great things about being a lifeguard at Wonderland is that you get good hours. So if you're looking for a job where you're getting substantial summer hours, Here you're really there like all day uh, throughout the water park. Whereas a lot of other lifeguarding jobs that I've been at, I'll do like a two hour shift in the morning, watching lane swim, a two hour shift in the afternoon when it's like open pool. And then maybe there's a camp one day where you get a few extra hours, but it's really sporadic. Whereas at Wonderland, you'd be there all the time and you'd work there like six days a week because how it worked is you needed to get trained at the beginning to be able to be a lifeguard on all these rides. So Canada's Wonderland is in Canada, but it is now owned by an American company, which means that when you get hired as a lifeguard, you need to do two weeks of training where you get taught the American way of like life-saving as well as the Canadian way. And then because of that training you need to do at the beginning, if anybody is fired or quits, you don't have a replacement for them. So as the summer goes on and people leave for school, or maybe they don't love the job, you're just seeing the same people all day, every day. And at the end of the day, you're like in your bathing suit, you're not looking your best, you're just like kind of salty and you've been in the sun all day, you're covered in sunblock. And so the whole water park closes a few hours before the rest of Wonderland. So because of that, instead of having to drive home, shower, get ready and go and meet other friends, you would just kind of say, oh, well, why don't we all just go dinner together? So I think it's one of the jobs where immediately after work, we would just keep hanging out with almost everyone who worked at the water park, which is a really big group of people. There'd be like 40 of us going to dinner a lot of nights or going to someone's house because their parents were away. Like just this really large group of people just hung out constantly for multiple summers in a row. So you kind of knew everyone that you worked with and would just spend a ton of time with them.
0: Yeah, it was definitely an interesting place to work. Um, I used to teach all of the courses to the lifeguards, too. So I feel like, you know, super great working environment. I was, like, going out and partying with all of my friends who, like, technically I was, like, their boss, but we were all the same age. It was just kind of a huge mess.
1: Yeah, it was it was really funny. Like, if you said you were having a party, you'd get, like, 40 or 50 people showing up at your house, and it was just hilarious. Like, So many of the friends I made there, it's like the first time we ever drank was together. And it's like, they're just like this real camaraderie that builds because you're all stuck together and you've seen each other, like, you know, everyone that they know. And it's just like, there's a lot of overlap.
0: Yeah. Those parties were pretty legendary. We had, we had some hijinks go down. We had some, uh you know, interesting times, uh, people getting injured, but you know, you have a bunch of lifeguards there, so you don't need to call an ambulance or anything because we can take care of it. So everyone was always so safe.
1: (laughs) Like Kelly was literally in a sorority and we spent all of university going to frat parties. And at that point we were old enough to actually go out to bars. And still all of my craziest party stories are from when I randomly worked as a lifeguard at Wonderland and we go to people's house parties. It was insane. The thing about Wonderland is like almost anyone that I worked with, if I bump into them, it's like such a great time. And I actually look forward to seeing them. I feel like in high school, though, if somebody walks by me at the mall that I went to high school with, like, I might not say hi. I don't know. It just sometimes you don't always want to see people. But if it's someone from Wonderland, I'd be like, oh, my God, hey, what's up? What is your life now? And I feel like you just I don't know what the difference is, but I don't know. They're just all so fun.
0: I agree. I feel like it was a lot more interesting of a place to work. We also went through some, like, very traumatic experiences, like getting yelled at by kids' parents, because anyone who's worked anywhere where there are a lot of children will know that often children will wander away from their kids. And so as a lifeguard, usually what I would say, at least, and I think Megan would agree here, is that you want to find the kid Who's lost, you don't want to find the parent who's lost a kid. Because the kid's always just sad and like kind of like quiet and usually like pretty cute, whereas the parent will just scream at you for the fact that they lost their kid, but somehow it's your fault. Oh man, and the thing is, we almost always found the kid, but
1: the issue is parents would come to the water park, leave their child, and be like, oh, the lifeguards will watch you, and then just go on other rides. And the lifeguards like, we are watching the water to make sure people don't drown. We're not trying to babysit your children, but because someone is watching in a safety capacity, they would think, oh, it's perfectly fine to leave my children here. So you'd have like five-year-olds like wandering around and you're like, "Mm, should you be alone? What are you doing (laughs) here? Like, where is your mother? And then you bring them to security because we had security where you would just go and drop off all the lost kids. And security would find the parent like on the opposite side of the amusement park, riding like a big roller coaster. And it's like, why did you leave your five-year-old at a water park unsupervised? Like this is not a daycare, but that's a general lifeguarding problem where everyone thinks that you should watch their children or their stuff. They try to like sneak it onto your chair while you're sitting and you're like, please don't leave your things with me. I'm not going to watch them, and in fact, I will try to give them away.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Bringing it back to Nathan, actually, maybe this is why we're not as surprised about the parents in The Claw of Shame, because we've really seen the pinnacle of uh, bad parenting from working at Canada's Wonderland and just from working as a lifeguard in general.
1: I really thought you were going to start talking about uh, height restrictions with children, (laughs) because (laughs) like sometimes the company changes what the height restrictions are we have zero control over it we're just told if your kid is not this tall you're not allowed to let them ride down the slide because if anything happens to them you're going to get sued because you didn't do your job so inevitably some parent would come up and their kid we won't let them go down the slide and then you start getting yelled at by them saying like my kid went down this ride last year and you're like, I'm so sorry. That wasn't me. I cannot control the situation, but look at your child's height and the line. They do not match up. Please do not be mad at me. (laughs) And it's just, it's just a lot of adults getting mad at you.
0: Yeah. Next time you go to a water park, please remember to thank all the lifeguards who are probably like 17 and pretty hungover and just doing their best (laughs) to make sure that you don't die. Um, And also, you know, please don't poop in the pool because that was another issue that we saw a lot at Wonderland, which we don't really need to get into today. I literally never saw
1: that. What are you talking about?
0: Oh, that's because you didn't work in the wave pool. I worked in the wave pool my last year. Oh, man, you missed it then. My first summer working at the wave pool, so many adults were pooping in the pool, like constantly. What? I don't remember that
1: at all constant is a lot yeah like
0: at least once
1: a day that's too many times a day yeah maybe they really cracked down on the enforcement so the year that I was working at the wave pool it wasn't such an issue
0: I think whoever was your soup was just trying to be nice to you because I would personally make all of my least favorite guards go down and get the poop from the bottom. Oh my God. You know, they just don't pay you enough for that. I do remember though,
1: I walked by one woman who was like, I, don't, I normally, when I tell this story, I'm like visually explaining it. Um, so if the woman is standing and she's holding her child so that uh, the kid's legs, like their feet are on her thighs and she's holding the kid's arm so that it's butt, is like swing between the woman's legs kind of like holding the kid up, taking a poop on the grass. And I was just like, (laughs) that I have seen where I was with a a supervisor and was like, enjoy that conversation. And just having to watch them be like, this is not a toilet. This is a patch of grass. There is the washroom. (laughs) You need to go over there. Like, what are you doing? There is a lot of, you need to use the correct area to use the washroom not all of the park
0: yeah a lot of please don't go to the washroom here and also a lot of please don't make a baby here which was another problem
1: yeah all right well (laughs) okay (laughs) we'll move on (laughs) from those stories but i will say one of the best parts about working in a crazy job where you meet all sorts of people is that you always have something to talk about. And I think that that's part of the reason why everyone really bonded so strongly. It's like, you're always running up to someone to tell them like this crazy story that just happened. And you're always laughing and just having a great time. And if something's stressful, there's a lot of people who are going through the same thing and who have your back. Whereas I think a lot of other times, maybe you're in a situation where you have to like make more effort to have a conversation but because so much was going on it was like always really easy to talk to people and always so much happening
0: yeah totally I guess that's all to say that
1: we met because we worked together one random summer in university
0: (laughs) technically it was two summers but yes (laughs) yeah all right question two I'm ready do you want to hit me with it Let's
1: do how would Nathan do on Survivor?
0: Oh my goodness. So, for anyone who does not realize, Megan and I are really big fans of the TV show Survivor. Yes, it's still on the air. And well, during COVID it's not, but aside from this yeah. it is. <laughs> yes, it is currently filming a new season. Um season 41, if anyone's counting. So I thought about this quite a bit, and if you're not a Survivor fan, maybe, like, fast forward a couple minutes, because you're going to be pretty confused by a lot of words that I'm about to say. But I think Nathan would probably play a similar game to, like, a Tony in terms of, like, coming up with schemes, like, Tony with his spy shack and with his spy bunker and spy nest. And then I also feel like he has kind of a deadpan humor like Tyson, And both of those people have one Survivor. Not to spoil what happens in many seasons of Survivor for people, but those people have one. So, to me, it does seem like Nathan could make a pretty good run at it. Um, I also feel like he might have good negotiation skills, kind of similar to, like, an Angelina. So I could see him flexing those muscles. So, overall, I think he has the social skills to do well on Survivor in terms of the outdoorsiness. We did see in the gas station episode that he did go camping, so he at least has, like, a basic understanding of the outdoors, and, like, he's okay sleeping outside, so I think I think Nathan can do it. I think Nathan can be the sole survivor. What do you think?
1: I feel like that was such a good answer. Um, I think you really hit the nail on the head with, like, he's really funny, he's very charismatic, he's going to like come up with the kooky schemes as we see. But I think we know that Nathan's a perfectionist and that everything he does is like very scripted. And I'm not sure, like, I know that he has to play along and and see how things go, but there's like this huge element of he can't control how it will go. And I think that you have to be even more charismatic than he is. And you have to have a lot of real people skills, which I don't think it's his strongest suit. And also I think the physical challenges he would struggle at. So what, (laughs) especially, yeah. So I think at the beginning, especially we see that a lot of tribes go through picking off the weakest players physically. So, you know, a lot of small girls who are perceived to be physically weak get sent home. Nathan's quite skinny, um, You know, we, I don't think he's the most athletic person. And so I think that as long as he can get through the first few weeks, I feel like he'd be really, really good after the merge. It's his pre-merge game that I would be concerned about because the, you really need to bring a lot of building the shelter, foraging for food, being strong in challenges, all of those critical survival skills of like hunting, foraging, gathering building that i don't think he would excel at even though we did see him walk up the mountain for the <laughs> rebate <laughs> but i do agree I, that after the merge i think he'd be great
0: yeah I, I could see that maybe him getting picked off at the beginning if he's not able to make friends we have seen him get rejected a lot though so yeah maybe he would just need yeah. like to form a really good alliance with someone right at the beginning
1: Yeah, I think if he can make it through being the first boot, which I think he's someone who would typically fall into that category of being awkward and not super athletic looking, I think if he can get through that and let people meet him and talk to him and and see his personality and kind of understand his vibe, that after the merge, they would really underestimate him and he'd still be able to make really good alliances and come up with interesting... um, interesting plans of how he can work and negotiate with people i think he'd find a creative way to use an advantage or to utilize an idol in a non-traditional way
0: yeah i also would pay really good money to see him interact with jeff probst who is the host of survivor for anyone who's unaware because probst makes a lot of you know uh very ballsy jokes. Um, he just talks about balls a lot, is what I'm trying this to is say. true.
1: Nathan know, know would know how not to laugh.
0: <laughs> yeah, Nathan would crush it not laughing, and I, I would just like to see him and Jeff Probst have some nice banter back and forth. Perhaps he would ask Probst to call him fielder, which would be pretty funny.
1: That would be nice. He would definitely get a fielder. Also, he's able to have such a strong level of concentration, training, himself not to laugh he might really be able to nail some of those endurance challenges
0: oh man yeah wow this would be great we need this also
1: with his with his straight face he might be a great liar although he didn't necessarily pass the lie detector test (laughs) luckily there would not be a lie detector on the island
0: no do we think he would get into a (laughs) (laughs) showman's? no (laughs) (laughs) I love you. But I'd love to, I'd love to see it again. <laughs> <laughs> again. Okay, question two. What is your favorite animal fact, hummingbirds and whales excluded?
1: So do you know the true facts videos that uh, were really popular a few years ago, but they're still around
0: today? I do not, but I assume you're going to tell me about them.
1: So my favorite video from the series is the one with the mantis shrimp. I highly recommend looking it up. It's like this crazy looking multicolored shrimp. It's got these eyes that can go every direction and it sees like way more than human eyes can. But the best fact about the mantis shrimp is that it has the fastest punch in the world with the same acceleration as a 22 caliber bullet. So this tiny little shrimp with this like crazy punch And it has 1,500 newton tons of force behind that punch, which is just insane.
0: Oh, my God. So (laughs) I looked up a picture of this shrimp, which was a mistake. Because (laughs) I haven't really talked about this ever. (laughs) I, like, really hate shrimp. Um, I formerly was allergic to shellfish, so I, like, was never really exposed to shellfish for like most of my life i only found out that i wasn't allergic to it anymore once i became an adult maybe like three years ago and shrimp have always scared me so much because they look like aliens but not the cool kind of aliens they just look very creepy crawly and i don't like their little everything so anyway the mantis shrimp grosses me out they look like delicious aliens Ugh (laughs) i'm so grossed out but and now that i know that this shrimp can punch me like a bullet i am even more terrified of it yeah
1: this this shrimp in particular is really really crazy like the the facts about this shrimp just go on and on it's like what happens when you look at like the bottom of the ocean and there's just like insane things down there
0: yeah uh not for me not for me Can you eat this shrimp? Is this, like, an edible shrimp, or is this just, like, a hobby shrimp? (laughs) I assume that all
1: shrimp are edible shrimp, but I don't... It's not like I've ever seen it on a menu. Okay. I think they're just, like, really deep in the ocean, and they just do, like, wild things down there, and we just, like, look in awe and would be too afraid to go try to catch these shrimp. They would just punch you real hard, real fast.
0: Oh, gosh. My nightmare. Do you have a a good animal fact? Yeah, mine is not as exciting, but my favorite animal fact is about lemurs. And it's that a group of lemurs is called a conspiracy. Oh, that is a lovely
1: fact. And I love lemurs because who didn't watch uh, Zabumafu growing up?
0: Yeah, I love lemurs. And I think it's so funny that they're a conspiracy. Usually it's a group of like 15 to 20 of them. And they're slippery little bastards who plot and plan against other animals that are trying to eat them. So, honestly, they're kind of like Nathan. Yeah, all the Nathan clones. They are a conspiracy. Yeah, I love a good conspiracy of lemurs. That's great. I love that fact. (laughs) Do you want to do our next uh, set of questions from definitely not Kelly's fiancé? Sure. Sure. We'll, we'll read some questions that are probably not from
1: Colin. So which season one plan do you think is the least feasible and how would you turn it into something realistic while still fitting into the general idea? This is tough. Yeah, this one is pretty tough. I have one answer, but I'd be open to talking through a few until we figure out the exact right fit.
0: Yeah, I'm, I think the one that comes to mind for me is kind of the clothing store. Um, okay. Obviously, as it's presented in the episode where you just let hot people steal, I don't think that that's necessarily super feasible for a store, but I do think it does kind of exist with influencer culture. Like, isn't that essentially what <laughs> you do when you're sending influencers clothes? Like, isn't that what Aloe Yoga's doing and, like, Fabletics and all of these places?
1: Yeah, pretty much. I also think I went down the exact same train of thought where you're just like blatantly giving away the product. Um, but I went with burger joint, just thinking about it now where, I mean, Nathan lost $6,000 in a day. That's just not (laughs) feasible. Um, Pretending that you're like the best burger in all of LA. And if not, you'll pay them a hundred dollars. It just, you're going to go out of business immediately. So I think that those aren't feasible. Um, And they're kind of in the same realm of why they aren't feasible. You would just lose too much money.
0: Yeah, do you have a way we could turn burger joint into a realistic
1: idea? So with the idea of giving something away. Maybe we take note from our pizza delivery idea of what you give away is something small and edible and fun. So, you know, like if this wasn't your favorite burger in LA, have like a tiny milkshake on us to go with your burger (laughs) or like a little cute slider or, you know, some like cute French fries, like something, Um, that you know is tasty, that is cheap to make, and that if someone's genuinely not feeling your burger that much, it might give them a reason to come back and try some of your other products. So something that you know is like really tasty, um, but inexpensive, and you're not giving away a lot of it.
0: Yes, like a sample
1: almost. I like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think that's kind of a fun way to combine the ideas into something that people would probably enjoy and think is adorable.
0: Yeah, I like that. That's a good one. Oh, thanks.
1: So It might not be that funny, but I think it would actually uh, work
0: a little bit better than giving away $100. Oh, yeah, for sure. And our next question is basically just for us to elaborate on Nathan's history before the show, so we can maybe give some info from our for our non-Canadian listeners who may not be super aware of what he was doing before he was on Nathan for you. So should I just run down this kind of quick and you can add in anything important? Yeah, sure. Go for it. So we know he went to one of Canada's best business schools and graduated from really good grades. So Nathan did go to school in Victoria, BC. He has a bachelor of commerce and then he also moved to Toronto and did a comedy program Um, So after he kind of completed that, he worked as a writer on Canadian Idol, which is exactly what it sounds like. It's the Canadian ripoff of American Idol, um, which is, I don't think it was a very popular show here. I don't think it really caught on as much as American Idol did.
1: No, but American Idol was really big in my house growing up. Yeah, who, who
0: were your faves?
1: Obviously, David Archuleta. I have a heartbeat. <laughs> what is What are David Archuleta stands called? Do I, I don't know if name? we have a name. Is it like the Archies? <laughs> I don't think he's still making
0: music anymore. I think he got uh, really involved with his church. Okay. I thought you were going to say he got canceled. So I'm relieved that it was not that.
1: No, but I remember I got his CD when I was like in high school and was super excited about it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so as two Canadian people, we did not care about a Canadian idol. We only cared about American Idol.
1: <laughs> yes, American Idol was. Everyone loved American Idol, so it's, it's fair. Yeah, for he sure. He has a website, not to go down a David Archuleta <laughs> rabbit hole, but I <laughs> no, haven't please. listened to his CD. Whoa, please take new me. album out now. What year did this come out? I scroll down and I see his old album. I know that one.
0: <laughs> they sell shirts oh should i hit play maybe we might have to cut it because i don't know if we have the copyright but so groovy
1: i'm gonna play you i'm gonna pull up his one actual song that you'll be like oh that guy
0: oh i remember david archuleta i think crush was his song right yeah yeah that's the song i was gonna pull up it's a classic i loved him yes oh don't
1: i know trust me yeah we had um oh gosh i forget all their names but one of them was recently on the singer right daughtry
0: yeah chris daughtry
1: yeah chris daughtry he was really talented he was very good But anyway, Nathan did Canadian Idol, and I remember reading, (laughs) I think it was a Reddit post, to, I feel like I always take us completely off track, and then I'll be like, oh no, we need to get on track. So I both, (laughs) I both keep us off track and on track. You're
0: bringing us back. (laughs) By my own fault.
1: I remember reading a Reddit post with Nathan where he was saying that it was a really sweet gig that he got like paid pretty well to stay at hotels and travel around Canada and that he just would have to write lines for the judges to like have little quips uh, when people would come on and sing and like throwing it to commercials, like nothing crazy.
0: Yeah, I would like to go back actually and maybe rewatch some and we could try and pick out some of what Nathan wrote because I'm sure it would be very obvious
1: I think I looked it up probably like a month ago, and I think it was only on three episodes or something. So I think oh, wow. it's very achievable to watch and see what he actually wrote. Oh, wow. Yeah, we should definitely do that one day. What if we um, get really invested and we just become obsessed with Canadian Idol?
0: <laughs> We're big Canadian I will Idol fans.
1: I will say, I have never watched a season of The Voice. Um, but all I do is like watch the voice, like YouTube clips and my boyfriend will come into the room and I'll just be like crying and he's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, <laughs> they're just so talented. And he's like, God damn it. Stop watching the voice clips.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I did. I like the voice, but I was always more of a, so you think you can dance person. Oh, I was like yeah, very yeah. invested. And in so you think you can dance. I feel like so you think you can dance
1: was like when we were in high school, and The Voice is far more recent. Uh, yeah. But I
0: also loved so you think you could dance. That was a great show. Yeah. Sometimes Not to I like really re-watch. go down to rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I rewatch old clips and also cry. So. There's I know
1: some when deep dark just secrets. So ta- when when they get so emotional about doing well, and they're like kind of crying, and the judges are like so proud. I'm so happy for them.
0: I love watching people just do well. I can't remember where it was. I was watching someone talk about how they cry sometimes watching like awards shows, and they're like, all I can think about is like how proud their parents must be, and it makes oh. me cry. And ever since I watched that, I'm like, oh my god, that's why I get like that. Yeah, and then they always show like the parents,
1: like slightly off stage or in the audience, just like being so proud. Yeah.
0: Yes, so Can't after <laughs> after being on Canadian Idol as a writer, um, Nathan went on to be a part of a TV show here in Canada called This Hour Has 22 Minutes, and it's kind of like a political satire show that a ton of different Canadian comedians have been on, and Nathan had kind of, like, small segments. One that he did a lot was nathan on your side which is where we got our little ending sign off from but he was kind of just on every once in a while he wasn't like a main character
1: yeah so if you're ever missing nathan for you episodes since there aren't any new ones coming out look up this hour has 22 minutes nathan on your side and you can get many uh clips of nathan being awkward with other people as well
0: Yeah, and there were some fun people who were on this hour 22 minutes, too, like Rick Mercer, Mm -hmm. who is a very fun Canadian comedian. Colin Mockery, who, if you are a big Whose Line Is Anyway fan, you will be familiar with him. Anyways, so, fun show, definitely look it up. You might not get all of the Canadian political references, but, you know, you'll still be able to get the flavor if you just look up Nathan's parts. Mm Mm-hmm, Yeah. But yeah that was kind of the main stuff that he was in he was on the writing team a little bit for important things with dimitri martin um he was on an episode of bob's burgers um he worked with h john benjamin who is famously in the interview section in season one and he was on an episode of drunk history but for the most part he's i think best known for nathan for you and he is now currently writing a new comedy series called The Curse with the Safty brothers, which I'm very excited about. Yeah, that's going to be so good. I'm so excited. Yeah, and he also did help produce the show How To with John Wilson, which I would definitely recommend checking out if you haven't watched it yet. It's only like six episodes. It's very interesting. It's very weird. Full warning that there is some mega, like, full frontal nudity in one of the episodes that I was personally not expecting, so probably don't watch it with your parents. (laughs) That's Nathan in a nutshell. So, our next question is, there has
1: been a lot of talk of bad boys. Can each of you describe the (laughs) baddest thing your significant other has ever done? Wow. Uh... (laughs) That's a lot. <laughs> so this question was uh, clearly your fiancé baiting you and calling him a bad boy. Um. So tell me, Kelly, how is Colin a bad
0: boy? I had to think so hard about what I could say here. I was like, sometimes when we're driving, he puts on his seatbelt while he's pulling out of our parking space, which is very bold of him. Um Such a bad boy. The best thing that I could come up with is we went to school at the University of Waterloo, and there's these weird um, service tunnels underneath the school that are locked. I guess they're for, like, any janitorial staff to go in and, like, easily get to different places, and it has lots of, like, weird wires and, like, you know, you're not supposed to go do down there. But for whatever reason, it was a big thing that people used to always, like, go break into the tunnels in the middle of the night. So we both have broken into the University of Waterloo underground tunnels. So it's kind of a bad boy so move. so spooky.
1: That is pretty bad boy. That's pretty spooky.
0: There's nothing cool down there, though. Like, it was fully just to say you've been down there. Maybe worth it. Yeah, apparently if you get caught down there, you get expelled. Also, but I don't know if that's I feel true. like that's a rumor. We'll never know. How about you? What is a bad boy move that Connor's done? Um, so my boyfriend is uh,
1: pretty laced up. He's an engineer <laughs> and he studied astrophysics. So he, I don't know, loves space. Uh, <laughs> so bad boy. Um. <laughs> but he also loves to hike and he kind of goes on a lot of like solo adventures. So, um, for example, we both worked at a mountain resort in BC for a summer and that's how we met. And I worked there as a lifeguard. So I guess I've met a lot of the people that matter to me in my life because of a summer (laughs) job, which is pretty great. Um, but he actually hitchhiked across Canada to get that job. So He's from Aurelia, So he started uh, in his hometown and he just was like, I'm going to hitchhike to get there, which is not something I would ever think to do. And so he like grabbed a guitar. Ironically, uh, he cannot play guitar. And he thought that he plays a lot of instruments. He was in like his university band, but he never played guitar. He just thought it would make him look much friendlier, which is kind of hilarious. (laughs) So he like held his guitar and a little sign And almost immediately someone had picked him up, um, saying that they were going to Alberta, which is, uh, where he wanted to go because he spent a month working on a ranch, uh, before coming to the mountain resort that he met me at. And so, yeah, one of the first people that pulled up was driving straight there and he was like you know what no I was kind of hoping that this would be a little bit more difficult and a bit more of adventure so like take me for a few hours but I'm gonna try to find some other rides as well and like take some stops and have to like sleep on the side of the road and do weirder stuff than just finding the first ride that'll take me there and he told me that and I was like what what do you mean you said no (laughs) so that's something like kind of risky that I wouldn't have done um I guess it's also cool that he worked at a ranch for a month um he was like a tree planter for a while kind of all of his jobs before becoming an engineer are a little bit more out there and adventurous um he's just like very trusting of people and is always like happy to go like with whoever to go do whatever um and just like always tries to have a good time
0: yeah I would never hitchhike that sounds terrifying. No, definitely not. Yeah, absolutely not. There we go. Bad, the baddest boys around are <laughs> two significant others.
1: <laughs> he did go on a hike, um, and the mountain resort that we worked at, there were bears on some of the hikes. So I had only known him for a few months at that point, and I knew he was going on this longer hike overnight. And I kept being like, you really need to take bear spray. And I finally like forced him to take it and pack it, but he was like prepared to not take it, which is kind of a bad boy
0: move. Too dangerous for me. Yeah, too dangerous
1: for me too. I was like, we've only been seeing each other for a little bit, but I am
0: going to force you to take this bear spray with you. it's not negotiable. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we did get some questions from our pal Navi. So, question one. Which one of Nathan's ideas would be the most viable for an actual independent business plan? I guess we kind of already went over that.
1: Well, it was kind of turning one of the least viable options into a more viable option. But kind of of season one, (laughs) ironically, today, the, the hot dog stand would probably be the most viable Um, Definitely. Another one would be the taxi company. I think it'd be really easy to just add that system onto like the Uber app where it's like, do you want to talk to your Uber driver today? Yes or no? Like, do you want, what kind of music do you want? Like, what kind of conversation do you want to have? Like, I think that that's something you could easily implement today and have it fully working tomorrow.
0: Yeah. Those are the two that I had as well. I feel like those are pretty fun and pretty easy. I do have one, actually I'll wait and I'll hold it for an upcoming question. AKA this next question. Oh, sorry, you go ahead. The last one I was gonna mention is
1: the idea of the petting zoo where using a viral video to get attention, I think is something a lot of companies strive for. Like going viral is something you would want for your business. I didn't write any down. I'm just looking at the list now. And those are kind of the ones that come to mind. Are we supposed to only pick one?
0: No, I think we can pick as many as we want. All right, then I pick three. (laughs) I like those. I think my answers are better suited to the next question. So I'll hold them for then. Okay. So
1: the next question from Navi is... Which of Nathan's ideas should the big box stores and businesses, e.g. Walmart, McDonald's, uh, which one should they use for their own company?
0: Okay, so I have one that I think is very easily implemented, which is the restaurant bathroom ads. I feel like that one is, like, super easy. Just pop those into, like, your McDonald's. Or you're, even like a Walmart with a McDonald's, you go to the bathroom in Walmart and you get an ad for McDonald's and lo and behold, there's a McDonald's right there. I think there's a lot of opportunity for co-branding. Um, here in Ontario, we have a grocery store called Longo's that often has Starbucks inside. So I feel like you go to the bathroom in Longo's and you get an ad for Starbucks and there you go, Starbucks is right there. I feel like this could really work. Um, yeah, I and think I, that's a good point. I think that...
1: Um using this like it's already kind of an idea so i get that nathan did a little bit more elaborate by doing a video but like at my university in the back of every stall uh there was definitely an ad
0: yeah yeah i think it's the video component that really could add to it maybe you could even add like smell-o-vision like you're in the walmart bathroom (laughs) and it smells like mcdonald's french fries yeah yeah really entice the people and then i have another question or another answer i should say that i think is a little bit more off the wall so i'm gonna i'm gonna need you to help me help me figure this one out but okay the magician outside of the bar idea Ah. Oh.
1: it's that but we've already solved this we need a bodybuilder magician
0: well wait i'm not done yet so, we're going to implement it, but it, at a big box business, and that business is one of my favorite places, Medieval Times. <gasps> yes. And so,
1: you have... Wait, wait, you know, wait. I think you have to explain <laughs> what Medieval Times is.
0: So, Medieval Times, for anyone who doesn't know, is Medieval Times Dinner and Tournament. So, essentially, these are these places, where they actually call themselves castles, where you'll go in and it's like this huge compound where there's lots of like different merchandise. Everything is medieval themed and you go and you sit down and you watch a show where essentially like knights are all fighting. You get put on a team so you get to wear like a crown because everyone's royalty at medieval times and you cheer for your specific color knight So, we might be on, like, the Red Knight team, and then Colin and Connor might be on the Green Knight team, and we get to, like, yell at each other about, like, how our knight is going to kick their knight's ass. And at the end, one knight reigns supreme. You also get to eat dinner there, but it's all quote-unquote medieval-themed, so there's no utensils or anything. And it's, like, a full four-course meal. It's, like, the best place on Earth, basically. It's really fantastic. I highly recommend it. I guess
1: we can't really go right now because of COVID, but as soon as things open, it's really your first stop.
0: Yeah, as soon as Medieval Times is open, we are obviously going to go. You get to watch people being knights. You you get to watch a falconry show. There's just so much going on.
1: I feel like it's really easy to make that COVID safe. You just spread people out and you're watching a show from an arena distance anyway. So I feel like
0: hopefully... Uh, this year we'll, we'll be heading to medieval times. I hope so. But yes, yeah, so I think that we should implement the magician who makes sure people are sober because there is drinking a lot at medieval times, which is honestly the best part. Um, and you could have someone stationed outside the entrances. They can be dressed in like their medieval outfit. Perhaps instead of a magician, they're like some kind of a witch doing some kind of witchy stuff, checking your blood alcohol limit. And then the best part, if you're too drunk to go home, then they call you a horse and buggy to take you home. Oh, that's
1: so fun. I thought you were going to go. They send you to the dungeon to like sleep it up.
0: <laughs> that is also fun. <laughs> I think the horse and buggy, maybe you get an option. You can pay to have the horse and buggy take you home or they can send you to the dungeon. That's very fun. That, that is a great idea. I think I just wanted to talk about medieval times today. Yeah, but that, I think that's, <laughs> that's fair to you. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> medieval me times. The cats purring too loud. Yeah,
0: okay. Medieval times, if you're looking for sponsorship deals, hit us up. <gasps> oh um, my goodness. It would be literally a dream. <laughs>
1: <sighs> There's no sponsorship I would want more.
0: All I want to do is throw roses at a knight. I just can't wait to get bottle service at Medieval Times. Again, it's literally, like, the only place on the planet that I can afford bottle service. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe if we keep plugging them, they'll they'll give us bottle service. Our next question is, how does season one compare overall to the upcoming seasons? I I like
1: the other seasons, I think. I can't... I didn't, like, prepare an answer for any of these questions, um, but... I think that the other seasons are pretty good. I can't really, in my mind right now, rank season one, two, three, and four. I think maybe at the end of all of them, I'll be able to do that and definitively say, which is my favorite season to least favorite season. But a lot of my favorite episodes haven't happened yet. And my favorite episode of all time uh, is in season four. So this can't possibly be my favorite season.
0: Yeah, I think season one is pretty good. I think it has, like, a mix of episodes that are really strong and episodes that are not as strong. um, Which, when we go into our rankings next week, I think we'll be able to really, really see that. But I agree. There's a lot of my favorite episodes that we haven't got to yet. So, if you're just thinking of tuning in and you didn't watch season one, honestly, you can kind of jump in wherever. And season one you can always come back to later. Yeah,
1: I'm really excited to to get to season two and to remember uh, which specific episodes are in season two because I haven't looked ahead.
0: Yeah, I try not to look ahead as well because I feel like it's more fun when we get to be surprised with what's coming up. hmm yeah. So our next question is, what
1: did you both actually go to school for?
0: This is a complicated question for me. <laughs> um, so originally, I went to the University of Waterloo, and I got a degree in peace and conflict studies and economics, um, which was great. And then I didn't really know what I wanted to do with that. And I was kind of more interested in going into like, kind of health education, and kind of more of like a science Role so I went back to school and I also have a degree in public health from Ryerson University in Toronto.
1: Yeah, so I went to Laurier, which um is the university down the street from Waterloo. So thankfully they were very close to each other. And I went for communications. Um, so I work in marketing. Um, I'm the marketing manager at a Toronto brewery, and yeah, it's been really fun and. Yeah, mine is a lot less complicated than Kelly's. I do marketing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm now a Toronto listener. If you're a Toronto listener, uh, hit me up. I'll give you a promotion code for some beer.
0: Ooh. Yeah, I was going to say, I actually am kind of back in school again because I'm doing like a certificate program in data analytics, predictive analysis, and AI. So, so much fun. And actually, that kind of leads into the second question, which I think you already answered, which is, what do we both do for work? (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yep, I've already answered this. (laughs) Now you. (laughs)
0: Um, So, I work for Noon Hydration, which is an electrolyte company. We make sports drinks, essentially, that are for outdoorsy, sporty occasions. And we make a whole slew of other products as well. So... Yeah, it's a really fun job. I get to travel a lot. I am the sales manager for all of Eastern Canada. Before that, I did uh, field marketing for the same company. So yeah, my job involves going to a lot of like running events and a lot of cycling events, going to a lot of really fun, like natural food expos and talking to like active people, which is something that I'm pretty passionate about. So yeah, it's a fun job.
1: Do you have any random jobs along the way? Like other than Wonderland, I don't really know what other jobs you've had. Oh my gosh. I feel like if, yes. if you bring them
0: up, I'll probably remember. I know you briefly worked at a fertility clinic. Yeah, I actually do have, now that I think about it, I have some pretty weird jobs. So when I went to Waterloo, I was in the co-op program as well. So essentially what that means is that I would do four months of schooling and then I would do four months at a work placement. And you just kind of, like, switch back and forth. So I had, like, a whole bunch of different jobs through co-op. I worked as, like, the help desk for the computer science school at Waterloo, which, like, is insane. I'm so not qualified to be the help desk for all of these Ph.D. computer science students. It was so stupid. (laughs) But it was kind of fun. Um, I worked at Manulife Financial for a bit. I worked in strategic planning for the municipal government, for two different municipal governments. I've worked as a student public health inspector. So I used to go into restaurants and make sure that they were like up to public health codes, which is exactly as disgusting as you would imagine it can get. And yeah, I also worked at a fertility clinic for a bit, which was also kind of a very interesting job. Yeah. Yeah,
1: those are pretty fun. My personal favorite of yours is Lifeguard at Candace Wonderland. Uh, Yeah, I feel like... My jobs are also pretty all over the place. Um, I, like just through university and high school, I was mainly a lifeguard. Um, and then I also worked in some random like waitressing jobs. I worked at Shoeless Joe's as a waitress. I worked uh, at Smoke's Poutine, um, which was wild. It was really funny, especially in the university town where you just get like lineups of really drunk people uh, at all hours of the day who like, are so happy to get poutine. So it was one of the jobs where almost everyone who showed up like adored you and thought you were great and doing a really good job. So that was really nice. Um, And then after I graduated university, I was the marketing manager at a small gym in Kingston. And then I started working at an escape room company. So I worked there designing the games and being the operations coordinator for a few years. And then I worked for a Microsoft partner, again, for a few years doing marketing, and now I work at the brewery doing marketing. It's a little all over the place, especially the random left turn into
0: escape rooms, but um, yeah, it's been fun. I feel like everyone has that, though. You got to just, like, go off and do something weird.
1: Yeah, you know, add some spice to the resume.
0: (laughs) And the next question actually is fun. I feel like we can kind of answer this together because I think yeah our dream would be to do this together. But if you could run a small business, what would it be?
1: Yeah, I think a lot of our conversations, like every few few months will be like, we should probably just quit our jobs and go start a business together. And, you know, we have a lot of different interests and a lot of them line up. I think you and I are both really passionate about food and cooking and so kind of a cafe type of thing has always been at the forefront of our minds. Um being in escape rooms like a board game cafe or like something like that where there's like an interesting component is something we've chatted about. Um, we both love to cycle so we've talked about, you know, having a, a spin studio, but I think um if there's a, a space where you could host lots of different events like a cafe that does like open mic nights or like different craft workshops um, that has like really interesting food and and coffee and craft beer I think that that would be super fun and kind of up our alley
0: yeah for sure Megan is uh, very good at like making really fun like vintage things look new and beautiful again so I feel like you know you'd be great at running (laughs) workshops there you're so good oh, at forgot. it. I was like, I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, I completely forgot. Yeah, um, I uh, randomly like have inherited a lot of old furniture that would have been thrown out from my grandparents' house. And so my boyfriend and I have just fixed up a lot of it and it's just like the pieces we have in our house. And so that's been really fun. But it's also something kind of anyone could do with minimal training and you know especially during quarantine if you're looking around your your living space right now and you see a maybe a little bit of an out-of-date piece of furniture that you'd like to try it out in a new color like so achievable very fun doesn't cost that much and like really fulfilling
0: yeah yeah yeah, I definitely
1: think crafting workshops would be fun
0: (laughs) yeah I feel like in the future we could definitely do this eventually we just gotta (laughs) <laughs> nail down save a really up a specific little thing. Bit.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like in any of our discussions, we're like, let's do everything because they all sound fun and it would be heartbreaking to part from any of these ideas. Um, but yeah, I think uh, especially if you pick something that you're passionate about, it's easy to to keep working and to do the long hours because it doesn't feel like work and making a community that people love and want to visit again and again would be something that's just really fulfilling.
0: Yeah, someday.
1: Yeah, someday. (laughs) Toronto, we couldn't afford it, but we talk about uh, some other places in Canada that we certainly could.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we talk about moving like once a week, so (laughs) we'll see. Yeah. Okay. So another
1: question, and this one... Um, says, would you sign up your hypothetical kids to be in the audience for the claw escape if it meant you could go on a Quiznos date (laughs) with Nathan Fielder? This one's quite specific.
0: Very specific question here.
1: Yeah, so in this hypothetical one, we have kids. uh, We have the (laughs) chance to be in the audience and I'm assuming that we're single because at this point we are hoping for a Quiznos date with Nathan Fielder.
0: Yes, there's a lot of uh, variables here.
1: So you have to be okay with going on a date with someone who would potentially expose themselves to your children. <laughs>
0: well, <laughs> well We we did read we did read in his Reddit AMA that no, he was never actually going to expose himself. They were gonna make sure he could get out. So knowing that there was very little risk. Hmm, for 100 do I still get the $100 offhand. or do I only get the date? <laughs>
1: I think you can still get the $100. Okay,
0: okay. Is the Quiznos date, does, am I paying or is, is Nathan paying? Are we going half Quiz. I think Quiznos is paying because they are a product placement. Okay. You know, you're you're not, you're not convincing me I shouldn't do it. I'm not trying to. I'd be a solid
1: maybe. I, I'd be a hell yes offhand. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we'd vibe really well. I don't know. The fact that he's a magician, I really like.
0: <laughs> True. I, I feel like my very... issue again is the Quiznos. I don't know what Quiznos can offer me that's vegetarian. So that that's my main problem here. Yeah, I think the main
1: takeaway I've gotten from this is like, Quiznos is pretty decent. I mean, I haven't eaten Quiznos in years, but it's a sandwich. I feel like, how badly can you mess up a sandwich? And date with Nathan would be pretty fun. Um, and I guess is the kid coming? I don't know. Do they have a babysitter?
0: Like, is it? Do you go immediately from one activity to the other? I imagine the Quiznos marketing rep is the babysitter. The Quiznos marketing rep has their stuff stuff together. Yeah, she seems like she's on it. I would trust her to babysit my kid
1: 100%. But then your kid is hypothetically sitting with them, listening in on your date.
0: Yeah, does the kid get Quiznos too?
1: I picture the kid sitting in the back, being babysitted by the Quiznos rep. They also have a sandwich. But it would be very difficult to go on a date knowing that other people are listening in. I think it'd be hard to be yourself true Well,
0: yeah. I think we've really we've really broken this down for everyone <laughs> I don't think I've
1: ever been on a date where people are listening in um so I don't really know what that's like have you ever spied on a friend on a date oh god no I feel
0: like have we been on a double date I don't I'm oh to once <laughs> yeah oh. We, we have we
1: have oh. <laughs>
0: that, was yeah, a date. We, that was not a date yeah <laughs> we
1: Kelly and I briefly dated best friends. Well, no. I, I actually, <laughs> you, I, dated. Yeah. <laughs> you dated a friend, you no, I was not dating the best friend. <laughs> so I was actually dating someone whose best friend briefly hung out with Kelly. And <laughs> I'm a huge fan of Colin and I'm very happy with how things worked out. But for a very brief moment of time, we were like, oh, we could be dating best friends and that would be very fun to all be dating people who got along really well. And so it was, I don't want to say it was the dream, but it was pretty cool for like two days. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it, was, it was pretty fun for, I maybe mean, it was more than two days, but yeah, it, it was pretty fun for, for a time. We basically lived together before we lived together. The food was great when we <laughs> no, went n- no one asked. Where did we go? Uh, Bauer Kitchen. Oh. I remember because I got the short rib gnocchi. The short rib like gnocchi is like the best, the best dish thing. ever. Yeah. Again, she's
1: a vegetarian now. She wasn't then. Don't come for her.
0: <laughs> yeah, this was like seven years ago at this point. So. I've really perfected making short
1: rib offhand, short rib ragu oh so, man i can't serve it to you but uh maybe i'll make it for colin one day
0: yeah send send it maybe over. i'll
1: i'll make you a i'll make you a mushroom ragu
0: Ooh, yes i'd be very down okay i'll uh, we have i'll bring over some wine because we are getting a wine cellar
1: wow i'm not i'm not good enough to drink whatever nice wine you have don't don't bring me nice wine
0: Too bad. I'm going to do it
1: anyway. (laughs) (laughs) That sounded like such a threat. I know. Oh my God. Okay. So I was telling Kelly before this and inevitably this will get cut, but maybe not. (laughs) I was on the phone with someone at the bank because today's the last day to contribute to your RRSP. If you're listening to this, it is no longer that date. You cannot (laughs) (laughs) contribute to it anymore.
0: If you're listening to this, yesterday was the last day you could contribute
1: to your RRSP. (laughs) (laughs) I did it. I'm adulting so hard. Yay for me. Now, the woman at the bank who I was speaking to, her computer shut off, but I was on hold. And so somehow, like, I thought that I was just on hold, but I guess they have access to the phone lines through their computer. So her computer turned off, turned back on. So I thought I was on hold. And all I heard was this literal whisper being like, get out of my way. (laughs) And then she came (laughs) back on the line and I like lost my mind. I was like, holy shit, what is happening? (laughs) (laughs) It was so, it was so scary. And then this woman named Karen was just like, Hey, sorry, who is this? I think I lost you, and I'm like, oh hi, I'm Megan. And she's like, Oh good, Megan, you're still on the phone. So I'm so sorry my computer turned off. I'm glad I didn't lose you. And I was like, what is happening on that end of the phone? That's so creepy. It was creepy. so spooky. It was so scary. Get, and I just get didn't out of acknowledge my way. it. Get
0: out mm-hmm. of my way. What could that mean? It was so That's weird.
1: And it didn't sound like Karen's voice.
0: Oh my god.
1: It was so spooky. I didn't there- say I didn't say this to anyone. Connor came down uh stairs later and I said nothing. I was like, this is too spooky.
0: I'm concerned. Do we need to do like an exorcism to your phone?
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Maybe. We need we're we're gonna get to that episode really shortly, so
1: I mean, I feel like I'm out of most people's way. I'm just, like, (laughs) hanging at my house. I just don't go. I'm not in people's way. Maybe it's Connor.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe you're haunted by the ghost of Ludacris. He's like, move, bitch. Get out the way. I'm so sorry, Ludacris. I will.
1: (laughs) Okay, we have one last question. And it says will hygienic hot dog stands make a comeback in 2021 yes obviously
0: (laughs) they definitely should
1: (laughs) yeah i feel like the foot pedals uh need a bit of work but i feel like in the hot dog episode we did discuss this in detail because it's so timely um but yeah i think that there is a better way to make this happen But if you are eating street meat in 2021, you probably want to make sure that you're eating it as hygienically as possible. Um, Yeah, they don't really talk about what happened to all the street meat vendors enough.
0: Yeah, that's a great question, because I haven't really been over near where like all the baseball games are and stuff. So I don't know. I assume they're still out. But yeah, who's buying street meat? yeah
1: i i haven't been downtown much i went to kensington market the other day and there were some places open they just like limit who can go in and it's kind of takeout um but i didn't see any like vendors on the street selling anything
0: yeah hmm maybe i'll need to like take a drive tomorrow and see because like they're certainly not on uber eats (laughs)
1: I guess that's true. Or, yeah, I don't even know if there are any hot dogs on
0: Uber Eats. (laughs) Is that, like, a a, restaurant food? I feel like a hot dog, as we kind of discussed in the episode, you're only getting that if you're going to a baseball game or if you're, like, drunk coming out of the bar. And with no bars being open here, I guess it's just, like, what, am I going to be getting drunk at home and eating a hot dog? That just seems kind of sad. I feel like hot dogs are a good drunk food, but I would still always pick pizza or, like, fries. No, burrito. burrito. Or burrito. Burrito is a great always, drunk food. Always
1: burrito. So, that's been us answering some of your questions. So, if you listened, bless you. Now you know a little bit more about us and how Nathan would do on Survivor in our opinion. If you have a different opinion, feel free to message us. We'd love to hear it. Um, if this has led you to want to know a little bit more, and if you have a question about us or Nathan, like anytime, feel free to send them in. Uh, we'd love to read them and know what you guys are interested in.
0: Yeah, Is it and us? are you interested in us? I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> We're so needy. I hope you like us. <laughs> Our next episode, we are going to be going through our rankings of all of the season one segments. So just to do a quick breakdown so everyone kind of knows what we did, we ranked each segment based on four different criteria, and we ranked those criteria from one to five for a ranking out of 20 total. So our segments were ranked on how fun or funny they are, how successful the idea is, how original the idea is, and how we think the secondary characters are. And then that gave us a score out of 20, which we both did separately, and then we also made an additional sheet where we combined each of our ratings to give us an overall average rating and decide once and for all what the best Nathan For You segment is from season one. So we thought it would be kind of fun to release a form where y'all can also rank your different segments. So we're going to be posting that so you can feel free to rank each segment as you see fit. And uh, we'll be going through that next week.
1: Yeah, I'm excited. Um, I was surprised that my rankings, I think that when we break it down into those four categories, some of them Like I'll find the idea really funny, but then, okay, maybe it wasn't so original or maybe there weren't great side characters. So I think normally the Nathan for you rankings are based on humor alone. So I think really looking overall at the idea and breaking down, if it's original, like every aspect of it, I feel like we covered. So I think it's a good look at the segment as a whole and not just on, is this funny or not?
0: yeah for sure I think it'll I think it'll be fun, and we'll be adding to it as we do each season as well, yeah and then after four seasons, we will have a mega list that I will hang on my wall, yeah maybe think we can get someone to like illustrate a guide to Nathan for you or something fun, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, if anybody comes to my house and is like. By the way, do you have a favorite Nathan For You episode? I'll be able to point to my wall and be like, in
0: fact, I know exactly my order of every episode. Yes. Oh, we are also going to do a happy hour on Clubhouse on Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern time. It will be an hour right before Big Brother Canada airs because I know we have a lot of Big Brother Canada fans to listen as well. So come hang out with us. Um, We'll post our clubhouse names in the show notes again as well. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Come hang out. You can talk about Nathan for you with us if you want. You can chit chat with us and whoever else shows up just about really anything. It was really fun this week. Um, It was nice to bump into some people who we know from the podcasting community and who also love Nathan for you. This has been... (laughs) Kelly and Megan on your side.